knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 146, and you probably hear my air conditioner in the background. I'll put some dead air on for a second right now, and you might hear that hum. That's because it's probably around 105 degrees outside. It's not that hot, but it feels that way. It's incredibly muggy. I don't know where you are around the country. But here in New England, it has been incredibly hot. We had a little hurricane come through that turned into a tropical storm, and really all it did was make everything very wet in the air, not so much on the ground. It gave a little bit of water to our trout streams, which is good, but uh, really not a lot more than that, except for, of course, making things very, very hot. But what did I do in the heat? I did two great things. I caught a cold, and I think we all need to remember that little things like the common cold still exist, even when there are big, scary uh, viruses out there. You can still get a cold. It can still make you cough. It can still make you sneeze. It can still make you not enjoy uh, breathing very much. Uh, and I did that while I was camping. Now, I had a great time camping. This was the first time that my littlest had ever slept in a tent, and he had a blast with that. Um, He thought it was the best thing ever. In fact, we went when it was raining. We set up in the rain uh, in the the very beginning of this whole hurricane thing because he was not going to have any, uh, any of this staying home business after he had been promised to stay in a tent. So we're going to talk a little bit about camping today. But before I get into camping, um, and specifically how camping and fly fishing can intersect, and how I like to do it, my preferred way of camping, and going to kind of walk through that. And if you've read the episode description, I think you know it has something to do with using a vehicle for your camping, for your fly fishing. I did want to solicit, encourage, and politely ask for ratings and reviews on iTunes. That does nothing but help the podcast get in front of more eyes and ears. And so just a few seconds of tapping on those stars, or even better if you were to write just a sentence about why you like the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast, I do try to create unique content. There are some spectacular interview and discussion-based podcasts out there, some that go on for hours. And I listen to them, and I really enjoy them. But I want to do something different. I want to carve out a special little niche in the fly fishing podcast world by just presenting uh, almost like magazine uh, format information. Um, I do try to mix in a few stories, like you know my cold and my child sleeping on the, on the ground of a tent like I did a few minutes ago. But really, I want to give you 20 minutes of just almost like an article 
in spoken form because again the bread and butter of casting across is the website castingacross.com where i have two written articles a week every monday and wednesday and then friday you get the podcast that you are listening to right now so uh if you want to just leave a review or a rating i absolutely appreciate that if you have constructive criticism then feel free to shoot me an email, matthew at castingacross.com. I am more than happy to hear it. I'm happy to hear your suggestions. If you have content ideas, I'm happy to mix those in. I've got always five or six things that I have in the hopper, and unless there's some sort of time-sensitive nature to them, which I try to avoid uh, in general, I always throw in suggestions, whether it be an entire episode or I kind of combine a couple or see how they might dovetail into something I'm doing already. Anyway, just uh, wanted to throw that out there every once in a while, and now on to the show proper. So I like to car camp. I have nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with tents. Um, That being said, uh, I like the flexibility that camping in a car affords a person. Now, I totally appreciate that there are some physical limitations to this, either because of your vehicle or either because of you. Uh, if you have a bad back, um, if you have a hard time sleeping in anything other than a bed, then car camping would be a problem, but maybe even regular camping. Um, if you have a Mazda Miata, if you maybe take your motorcycle fly fishing, uh, then you're going to have to get a little bit creative. And if that is the case, then you're probably going to end up using a tent. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when I'm talking about car camping, I'm talking about, you know, if you have an SUV or I have something that's kind of in between a minivan and a uh, station wagon, uh, or even if you have a larger sedan, you're able to fold the back seats down and spread out. Now, if you're six feet plus, then the sedan thing um, and maybe even the station wagon thing might be a little bit complicated. But this does a couple of things. One, you can park almost anywhere. Now, as always, look to your local regulations. I am not encouraging any sort of illegal or nefarious activity. But there's a lot of places where it's completely legal and okay to sleep in your car. Um, There's a lot of Walmart parking lots where this is okay. There's actually websites that are devoted to telling people where they can sleep in their cars. Um, And... This is a particularly good thing to do if you're just maybe going fishing for two days and you plan on fishing late at night, like in the summertime, and then waking up early in the morning to fish. If you are in a place where a cheap hotel room might still be around 100 bucks, that could be a tough pill to swallow for some people for you know four or five hours of sleep. This is a great option, and I'm going to explain why. And again, if you are of a certain age, or you have certain physical limitations, or you do drive that Mercury Capri, like what was always, what was almost my first car, um, uh, and actually what my first car was was a Saturn SC1, and I slept in the front seat of that a few times, but uh, never, never stretched out in the back. But I was a younger man then, so I could do it. So let me talk uh, through why I like doing this. And I mentioned kind of the just the the big picture logistics of it already, and then talk about how you might be able to do this. And if you haven't tried it, uh, then definitely give it a try. And I would actually say give it a try in your garage. Make sure your car is not running, or if you have a driveway, give it a try. Just stretch out. I think you'd be surprised to find out how comfortable it might be. Uh, and how, if you are camping on the ground, how much more comfortable 
it might be. So let me walk through kind of the, the, the how and the why and the what, and then we'll talk a little bit about the practical uh, implications for, for taking this, this kind of setup on the road fishing. So what I like to do, and again, I've done this in um, a Subaru Forester. I've done this in a Chrysler minivan. I'm doing this in my Mazda 5 now. Uh, I've done it in a Jeep Cherokee. I've done it in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, I've done it in a Toyota Corolla with the kind of the back seats popped down. Um, and I'm only 5'7 on a good day, so it's, I have a little bit more flexibility uh, when it comes to where I can fit. But what I like to do is do this really any time of year. But especially when it's cold, because then you can really layer up what's underneath you and on top of you. So my setup in the summertime is a sleeping pad. I have a foam inflatable sleeping pad, and then I put a giant puffy sleeping bag down on top of that. Uh, this is not a mummy bag. This is not something that is ultralight, like I take backpacking or something like that. It is a big, puffy, like 50-degree sleeping bag with the nice, soft interior. Um, you know, I can't imagine sleeping in an all nylon sleeping bag, uh, in the summertime. That just sounds like a miserable experience, but that goes on top of the sleeping pad. And then I just have a sheet. Um, I, what I have is a cotton sheet that has a little bit more warmth than just a, um, a really, really thin sheet, but sounds like a t-shirt material. And it, it, you know, cause a summer night can, that's 90 in the day can dip down into the sixties and you'll be surprised, especially if you, um, were, if you go from really hot when you fall asleep to the middle of the night, when you, uh, when you're woken up with how cold it is, you'll be surprised at how chilly you can actually be. So I like something that is going to provide me a little bit of warmth if, if I need it. But then in the winter time, um, that's when the mummy bag comes with me. But by doing that, you have the interior of your car. And then you have that sleeping pad, and then you have something big and fluffy that you're on top of. Um, maybe you know, add another layer there if you are uncomfortable. I, I have used those kind of eggshell sleeping mats in the past. Those are great. I think I'm going to reinvest in one of those once this little sleeping pad that uh, I have dies. You are going to find that you're probably in a much more comfortable situation than you would be if you were on the floor. So the uh, best thing that I have also found is to figure out what uphill is in your car. So uh, usually it's going to be uh, kind of right behind your front seats. So if you're laying your head, it's going to be up against the back of your front seat if you can drop those seats down. Um, or um, if you're in a, a larger vehicle, then it's going to be, you know, your feet are going to be down by the bed of your, your, your car, your tailgate, and your head's going to be on the opposite side. But then you also need to plan on where you park. You need to plan to park so that your head is up and your feet are down, but not so much that you are exerting pressure with your heels and your feet on your the, the inside of your tailgate. That will certainly keep you up. But you're able to use padding, use cushion, use pillows, use things like that to really get into an incredibly comfortable position. And the great thing is, is you can set this up beforehand, and all you got to do is find your parking spot, which, you know, I would always say pre-plan that. Uh, whether it be using Google Maps, whether it be knowing the area, whether it be figuring that out before you fish late into the night or as you get dinner after fishing and know where you're going to be. And then all you got to do is park, hop in your bag, and you're good to go. 
Uh, a couple of other things that I like to do is I like to crack my windows. I like to have a little bit of airflow, um, the, as much airflow as possible. Uh, something that I have done that I've uh, for, for previous vehicles, I haven't done this for the current vehicle I drive a lot, is I will make a mesh screen uh, with a little frame on it that I can put in my sunroof. And I, all I do is get some screen material and duct tape and cut it to the exact size and just have a little bit of duct tape and then tape it up there uh, right before I go to bed. And then I can have that sunroof all the way open, uh, get lots of airflow, um, even when it is incredibly uh, hot outside. That does a whole lot, but it keeps the mosquitoes out, uh, which, is, which is incredibly helpful. Um, it also allows your, you know, all of the respiration that you're doing uh, to not just completely fog up and, and moisten up the inside of your windows. So it is an incredibly quick and easy way to go from fishing or going out, you know, to, to grab my tea after fishing to sleeping as soon as possible. And you'll find, and, and I find this also, if I get a hotel room, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to read. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. If I'm in the back of my car, um, I have, I'm in that mindset of, I need to go to sleep. Maybe it's only nine 30, maybe it's only 10 o'clock, but I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to eat something big and hearty. And I, sometimes I bring food with me, but more often than not, I'm saying, you know what? I'm saving money in a, on a hotel room. I'm going to go out and get a giant burger and it's going to fill me up and it's going to make me lethargic. And I'm going to go park somewhere, crawl into my sleeping bag and go to bed and be able to wake up bright and early. Um, and so that I've, I've saved the, the, the money from the hotel room so I can do that. No problem. And so you just go to bed a little bit early and then you know what, you might be able to get that solid seven, eight hours of sleep before the sun even comes up and then you can be out there doing what you want to do again. Now, before I get to some other car camping things and some fly fishing benefits that I find from using this, this way of camping, I want to talk about Manscaped and support for the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools and they just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right? The 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CASTING. C-A-S-T-I-N-G as in casting across. Casting. You enter that at manscaped.com and you get free worldwide shipping and 20% off. Okay, so I mentioned this is their fourth iteration of their trimmer, of their 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 men's grooming tool. Now, f- new fly rods come out every year, and we look at these small, almost imperceptible uh, upgrades to a grip or to the uh, action of the rod. Uh, Manscaped has put time, energy, and effort in making the most ergonomic, uh, painless, and uh, easy-to-use trimmer possible. I was talking earlier about camping in the summertime, and for guys that are incredibly hairy, uh, this is even more hot and sweaty and stinky and gross. Now, you might like that, and the lady in your life might like that, but you also might want to uh, remove some of the sweater that you are wearing even before you put a shirt on. And the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped will definitely do that for you. They include two guards. Um, it has an LED light. Uh, it is incredibly easy to clean. So even if it is like uh, doing bushwhacking uh, down your back, 
you'll be back in business in, in no time. And wireless charging. This is, I think, maybe my favorite thing in the world. I've got little kids, uh, and so I cannot leave something uh, sitting out, especially something that could potentially take an eyebrow or uh, you know a, a chunk of their hair off. So uh, having wireless charging and being able to put this in a very inconspicuous place is, is fantastic. So again, uh, get the best tool for the job, get 20% off, get free shipping, with the code casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, when you head over to manscaped.com. Again, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code casting. Unlock your confidence with the new lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. Okay, so after you are cleanly shaven, what you're going to want is uh, to get some other gear packed up to take with you on the water. And so this means that you have to find a different place for your fishing gear. And this is actually one of the bigger kind of questions or complaints or whatever that I've had from people. And I've talked to this idea before, um, as I've, I've explained, I, I prefer to do this. Even though I'm able to afford a hotel room, I kind of like just being able to get in and out super fast, be on the water, um, a place where you might not be able to put a tent down, but you're able to park your car. So this means you might have to find a new place for your gear. And my favorite place to put my gear when I'm in this situation is in the front seat. Now, if you have an enormous SUV, then you can have all your stuff just like right next to you and adjacent to you. Not a problem. But you got to start thinking in a much more clever way if you have wet waders and wet wading boots. You don't necessarily want those things on top of you while you're sleeping. So I like to use the wheel wells of either the back seat or the front seat. I like to use tubs when I'm organizing things, and this is another way to do it. If you have enough room laterally in the trunk of your car or the back of your car, if you get one of those Sterilite brand tubs or one of those black and yellow tubs from Home Depot and you throw that in the back, that is a great place to put your wet gear, especially if you're going to have things that you want to stay dry, specifically yourself if you're car camping, and you can still keep them right next to you. And having bigger, bulky objects like that, that also have a kind of defined shape uh, in, the, in the back of your vehicle, what that will allow you to do is kind of create that little nest, that little canopy, especially if you are feeling a little bit nervous about maybe being in a parking lot or something like that. You can take another sheet, you can drape it over that, drape it completely over yourself, and it just looks like somebody who has a really cluttered car has parked there um, if you are at all nervous or at all um, creeped out. And again, if this is something that you say, I, I want to do it, I want to save money, but it's terrifying, then, then don't do it. But I've never had anything remotely frightening except for, you know, critters, uh, uh, pawn at the, at the car and things like that. Um, now, a couple other things that, that I highly recommend is, I, again, I said that, you know, this is a great way to save a couple bucks on a hotel, but you can still splurge on a good, big, filling evening meal. Breakfast is a different story. If I'm going to be on the river, then I am going to want to eat and drink coffee. And I know some people are so hardcore and so intense about their fishing. They don't need coffee. They don't need food. They just need to wake up and, and you know, the river feeds them. That's not me. I need something to eat. And it doesn't have to be hot. But I definitely prefer to have coffee first thing in the morning. So I just have my little MSR um, uh little uh, camp stove. It's teeny tiny. It fits in the palm of my hand. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and then I just have a, a pot of water and a French press and the coffee is ready to go. I drink it black because I am a man of, of great taste. And 
just have that and sit and kind of get your bearings think about the day don't rush headlong into the water pay attention you might see some fish rising you might see some bugs coming off you might be able to just think through what you're going to do maybe take a few minutes to reorganize the the your gear and get ready for the day but just have that handy just don't do it on the inside of your car it's never good to have open flame on the inside of a vehicle uh, just set that down right there uh, at the, the foot of your your, your car um, either by your front door or by your tailgate and uh, just be, be ready to go with, with that in the morning. And then, you know, whether it be a cliff Bar, whether it be a, a sleeve of, of uh, Entenmann's Donuts, whatever makes you happy, do that. If you want to get cute and creative and, and have a little omelet or make pancakes for yourself, by all means, go for it. Um, I just save that for my more extreme camping uh, activities. But I really like this approach to camping because it is quick, it is inexpensive, and it allows me to be places that I couldn't otherwise be. I mean, there's there's certain places where there's campgrounds that are on rivers, um, and they're noisy. There's places where there's nowhere to camp anywhere near the river, and the closest hotel is miles and miles away. And, you know, steelhead season in the Great Lakes, I do this all the time whenever I go. I mean, I don't go as much as I used to, but this used to be the MO. I would actually pay for a campsite, but then I would just stay in my car because I didn't want to spend that extra 15, 20, 25 minutes breaking down my backpacking tent uh, in the morning if I could just get on the water and be maybe the first one to a spot that had some fresh steelhead in it. And again, all this might not be for you because of how you want to sleep, or maybe it offends your, your decency to, to do something like sleeping in the back of your car. But if, if you give it a shot, and I would say give it a shot in your driveway, make sure you can get everything kind of oriented and figured out throw extra pillows in there for goodness sake bring a big tub of baby wipes so that if you are a little sticky and sweaty at the end of the day you can kind of wipe yourself down um you know have a, a headlamp and a book um don't use your car's dome lights i mean it's a great way to kill your battery you fall asleep while you're doing that and you wake up in the morning and i have a huge problem but get a headlamp something that is not going to be shining some bright led light out the side of your your car um, and, uh, and a book and, and read that until you fall asleep. I guarantee you, unless you had a ridiculous amount of caffeine or you're, you're buzzing from some sort of uh, great fishing scenario, if you are reading a book snuggled up in your car at 9.30 at night with a full stomach under a low, like lumens from a, 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 a low light headlamp, you're going to fall asleep and you're going to sleep from you know 10 until 5 and get seven decent hours of sleep, especially if it's like your second night. There's that you know rule when camping where your second night sleeping is always spectacular. Your first night's always kind of so-so. And you'll, you're going to be right on the river, and you're going to be ready to fish. So uh, there's a lot more ins and outs of this. I've kind of just given the, the, the biggest things, the things that I've, I've thought about the most, the things that I've answered the most questions about. People think that it's completely ridiculous. Uh, if you have any questions, like, how do I do it? You know, uh, what, what gear should I get? I'd be happy to give recommendations. Again, Matthew at castingacross.com, and I will gladly get back to you. This week on the website, I had uh, two articles. The first one was called National Parks Fish Your Water. National Parks Fish Your Water. I mentioned a few podcasts ago uh, about the National Parks app, and that got me thinking um, just about uh, encouraging people to check out the fishing opportunities in their national parks. Now, n not every national park has fishing opportunities. That's certainly the case, but a lot of them do. And I, I go through a few reasons why I think that they – may be overlooked obviously yellowstone's not 
not overlooked. Uh, the Great Smoky Mountains, the Shenandoah are not overlooked, but uh, there's some good reasons to look at the national parks. I talk about them and some other cool resources in this article called National Parks Fish Your Water. Wednesday's article is called Art of Appreciation. Art of Appreciation. Uh, are you an angling artist? You might not be painting things that end up in fly shops. Your um, artwork might not be adorning uh, the sides of fancy able reels. However, if you doodle flies in the margins uh, while someone's giving your presentation at work, um, if you have uh, ever uh, kind of you know grabbed a handful of your kids' crayons while they're coloring and and you know made a, a brook trout flank, then you are an angling artist. And my encouragement in this article is that you embrace that. Uh, there is something just very natural and normal about depicting fish artistically. Uh, I do that a lot with words on castingacross.com. Don't do it a whole lot with uh, pen and pencil and paint, but uh, it's something that if you at all feel like you should do, don't you don't need to make your 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 works look like Kevin DeYoung's or Ad Maddox's or somebody who's a, a really well accomplished and, and skilled artist. But just do what you want to do and, and keep it for your purposes or throw it away and just do it for the fun of doing it. It's just one more way to express your appreciation of fish and kind of that angling history that we, we have where so many folks have expressed themselves uh, through artistic medium. This week's recommendation on the podcast is a little product called the Magnafly. Magnafly. Uh, and this is put out by the people that make the Flytrap Fly Holder, uh, a.k.a. the Artisan Angler. Um, you go to flytrapflyholder.com and you'll see this little guy, but I've actually seen it pop up on social media quite a bit recently. It's a relatively new product. Um, we've all seen the little magnifier uh, clips that you put on the brim of your hat. This is the like heavy-duty version of it, um, and it is big enough where you can see both of the sets of your fingers while you're tying a knot in a, in a small fly or while you're untangling something or, or something like that. Um, it, but it's also incredibly lightweight. It could go on the brim of your hat, and uh, I think that's one of the recommended uses. But I like the idea that you could probably put it on uh, like a sling pack or a backpack and have it uh, up against a light background and it'd be totally unobtrusive, totally out of the way, and that's kind of how I've been playing with mine is having it on a, an orange-bodied uh, sling pack. Um, but then there's two really, really uh, uh, strong magnets on the body of this thing. So the clip is is very strong. I mean, it's it's way stronger than like a, like a chip clip, you know, uh, like you'd find uh, for, for holding your chip bags together. Um, and then the, uh, the magnifying glass is on a 360-degree swivel um, that rotates also 90 degrees. So it's a really cool product retails for about $15. If you can't find it at your local fly shop, you can definitely find it online. But if you just need a little leg up in seeing what you're doing as you're tying flies onto your tippet, or especially if you're doing more complicated things like, you know, tying uh, uh, nymph rigs where you're not necessarily just tying uh, one knot to a hook eye, this is a great thing to have um, just to, to have handy uh, in low light and give you that extra extra um, leg up in, in seeing definitely check it out, the Magnafly. I will put a link to it on the show notes for this podcast page on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.
I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.